Hi, everyone. This is Tracy Says Things. Since you're listening, you probably know me. In case you don't, because your friend told you to listen to this podcast, or you randomly found us somehow, I'm Tracy, and obviously I'm the one who's going to say things. Here's your disclaimer. I swear, like a mother trucking fucker. So if you have sensitive ears or little ears listening, you may want to turn this off. If you're still here, fuck yeah, let's party. (laughs) Thank you for hanging out with me. So here's a little bit about me. I'm a mom of two pretty spectacular girls, an 11-year-old and a 4-year-old. I was married to their dad for 16 years, and it ended somewhat explosively a few years ago. We will talk about that later. I fell in love with an acquaintance that I'd known for almost seven years, and we moved pretty quickly from dating to living together to post-it note married. Yeah, I said post-it note. If you watch the TV show Grey's Anatomy, you might know about this. It's season five, episode 24. Yes, I know the episode. Derek and Meredith are supposed to get married in a fancy church wedding. But since Izzy is dying of cancer and Alex loves her so much, Mare and Dare give the wedding to Izix? Alzi? Did they have a shipped name? I don't know. Anywho, I'm getting off the point. They get the church wedding and they leave Mare and Dare without one. So Mare and Dare are in the residence lounge and they pull out a post-it notepad and they write vows together. And then they sign it to seal the deal. Joel, my partner, and I watched the whole series during pandemic lockdown this last year. When, you know, we were all staying home and not doing anything productive. We hit this particular episode and he looked at me and said, well, let's get post-it married. So we did. I've shared the picture of our post-it on the pod's Instagram. My life's been pretty blessed, I guess, compared to some. But you know what, let's face it, when someone says that, that they're doing two things, they're discrediting their feelings, which we are all allowed to have feelings. And the second thing is they're often comparing apples to kumquats. You can't compare your life to someone else's. They're not often even slightly comparable. My life has had its share of hard and uncomfortable I've struggled with issues like depression, lack of self-worth, addiction, bad relationships, money struggles, sibling fallouts, trust issues. But in spite of all of that, I've always tried to see the best of the situation. I've always tried to be the best friend and the best support person I can be. Even when the bottom is falling out around me, I'm the best person to see someone else's whole picture and help someone else out. But I never help myself. That's kind of how this podcast came to be. I'm probably the biggest advocate for maternal mental health and mental health in general. I help run a support group for women that meets here in Saskatoon, both in person and now because of COVID, we meet online. I've counseled people over the phone, in person. 
I've held people's hands and hugged them and cried with them as they poured out their darkest feelings, their most violent self-harm thoughts. I've listened to a plan for suicide so detailed and so graphic that it turned my stomach. I've never turned anyone away from my help. I've never not answered a phone call when someone was looking for help. The only person I turn away is myself. (laughs) To this very day, to this second, as I'm saying this all out loud, there's a part of me that still feels unworthy of help, of love, of compassion. I am my own worst critic. I know it. I know in my deepest logical center that this all just isn't true. I know I hold value, at least some value, to the lives I've helped, the stories I've shared for other people, the bodies I've helped bury. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) This podcast. Oh, this podcast. It's going to be my diary, I guess, my confessional, my truth. You may not agree with me sometimes. You may hate what I have to say or the voices that I'll bring on here to chat with. But I hope, my hope for this, the point of doing this, is that maybe someone out there will hear something that I say and they will get just a tiny nugget of truth or a grain of knowledge that they can use to help themselves or help someone they love. So if you wanted to interact with us here at this podcast, and by us I mean me, So if you wanted to tell me I'm awesome, or on the flip side, tell me to shove this podcast right up my ass, you can do so at tracysaysthings at gmail.com. Or you can find our podcast on Instagram at tracysaysthings. If you have a show idea, uh, you want to join me and say a few things of your own, or suggest a topic, do so. Uh, I'll probably say no, though, because I'm super fucking (laughs) self-centered. And also, an ad break would go right here. You know, if someone wanted to pay me to say things, if you know someone who wants to pay me, have them send any amount in an e-transfer to the podcast email, tracysaysthings at (laughs) gmail.com. All donations welcome. (laughs) Start a GoFundMe. I need more caffeine. So how did we get here to this very room where I'm recording myself and all my bullshit opinions? Well, I grew up in a really small town. I was looking back, I guess you could say modestly popular-ish. I mean, I had friends from most of the peer group cliques, but I never felt like I was anything special and I certainly wasn't a cool kid. I was, to be completely honest, I felt like I was the fat kid. You know, every school and television show about teenagers has one, at least one. They're the comic relief, you know, the one that everybody picks on or gets shoved in a locker. But I couldn't have fit in a locker, I don't think. Truth is, you know, looking back now, A, I wasn't the only fat kid. And B, I wasn't even that fat. Now I wish that I was as fat as I used to think I was. Because, yeah, that would be awesome. The boy that I adored at the time was one of my best friends. 
and he was either oblivious to the fact that I adored him or he purposefully friend-zoned me. Either way, I was miserable about it, though. I mean, you know, if I'm not good enough for him, then who am I good enough for? Then I was assaulted at a high school party. And, you know, that fucked me up for a good long time because I'm not good enough to be someone's girlfriend and now I'm only good enough for one thing. So, quick edit. I was super curious about the whole friend zone thing and never did find out the truth. So, in typical Tracy fashion, I Facebook messengered this boy and asked him about our relationship. And it was kind of a really awesome conversation. I mean, not that we haven't talked recently at all, but he and I messaged back and forth every once in a while. But this time, I was super direct and I asked him and he answered that it was a purposeful friend zoning. Not to say that we never fooled around. (laughs) We did. And we'll discuss that on a later podcast too. But he and I went over what his code name should be. And I think I've got that one nailed down. Good luck figuring it out. (laughs) So anyway, because of the friend zoning and the assault, which for the record was one of our hometowns, RCMP officers, kids, you know, class act. And then also makes it really hard to report anything, even at the time if I'd wanted to. But my general lack of self-worth by the end of all of this shit happening, I pretty much have like zero self-love. And I'm drinking and partying and dabbling with some really fun hallucinogens making, you know, really amazing friends along the way. If you ask some people who used to know me, I was a raging slut and a horrible human being. And if you ask other people, I am such a fucking prude and I'm so lame and only absolute nerds are friends with me. I mean, come on, small town gossip, get your shit together, pick a story, stick with it. My sister hears one version and believes it for the rest of her life. And even though she's never said so, I'm sure it's part of the reason that she and I can't stand to be in the same room to this day. I know she'd said something about it a couple of times to me. And, I mean, we're talking like 20 years ago. But it still sticks. Holy fuck, does this ever sound like doom and gloom? But honestly, honestly, to tell you the truth, I was pretty fucking happy, all things considered. I have nothing but fantastic memories You know, when Jody and Barb helped me to have the best date night ever with Cody. And he was a farm boy that I would have run off to a patch of dirt with. And I would have learned how to take care of cows for him. Or the time that Brent and Chris and I threw a party that every fucking person and their grandpa came to. And we actually phoned the police on our own party just to get everyone out of the goddamn house. Or... Times when we would just cruise Main Street for hours, talking and listening to music, and then decide to take a spin to the city just to spend another three hours driving that Main Street instead. I mean, it was all good times. Honestly, a pretty easy breezy life. I graduate, I moved to the big city to be with friends, and yeah, one of those friends was the friend zone boy. I was totally convinced I could change his mind, and we would live happily ever after. Hey, (laughs) I said I was happy. I never claimed to be smart. 
<laughs> I had a pretty amazing time. I worked at a pizza chain with two people from my hometown. I was a great cook, terrible waitress. Do you want to hear just how terrible I was? So I am working like a lunch shift or something and I wasn't feeling so great like had a bit of a head cold and just was like generally not feeling well and this is pre-covid so you went to work no matter what so I take this order from these two guys sitting at this table one of them wants a pepsi one of them wants a dr pepper so I go back and I start pouring drinks and putting their order in I go back to the table and I realize dr pepper and pepsi look the same in the same glasses. So having taken a little too much cold medicine, I put the one drink down on the table and I pick the other one up and I drink out of it. And I say, so this is the Dr. Pepper. That means that's your Pepsi. And I'll be right back with another Dr. Pepper for you. And I turned around and walked away. My manager saw the whole thing and went, oh my God, okay, you're done for the day, go home. Like, that's the kind of waitress I was. I'll drink your food, or drink your drinks, eat your food. Doesn't matter. (laughs) If I can't remember what you ordered, who cares? Someone else will help you. At that same pizza restaurant, I met a boy who was a pizza delivery driver. So I dated this boy, and then I married this boy. Life changed pretty instantly. 16 years later, I'm divorced, with two kids fighting to get back to my best self, that girl that thought life was easy breezy. And I mean, in that span of time, I've had pretty amazing people who've become really good friends and helped me pull out of some pretty dark places. Again, details of that are topics for another day. But it was those people who inspire me to keep trying every day to keep helping others. I have come to the conclusion that the village is not just for raising children, but living my best life. My village, so to say, has evolved and changed over the last 20 years. It's retained a few constant people, and this essential core group has been added to. And I've also had people taken from me. I've come to find that I can count on one hand the number of people who no matter what, no matter who I murder and what kind of body I need to hide, they'll come without question with shovels and help me dig. And lately there's been this whole global bullshit virus thing that's happening and lockdowns and isolation orders and the lack of any fun to be had has again put me into a very precarious mental place. I'm watching myself closely, what I say and what I do, making sure I stay on top of my medications so I don't fall victim to my own twisty darkness. It's there. I can feel it in the back of my head and it's waiting. It's waiting again and it's ready to pounce, but I'm making it work. I'm trying at least. And I've recently added a member to my village who. She's both directly and indirectly helped with this. She's a woman who reinvigorated my idea of sisterhood. (laughs) And, you know, even though I pay for her help sometimes, (laughs) even when she's not on the clock, she's still there. Um, She's always helping. 
I met Amanda at an event she hosted in the back room of my favorite creativity store. It was like two years ago, and she called it the Sisterhood Sessions. It was this gathering of women looking for guidance and sharing ways that they all nurture their own souls. I'd like to think that since I took that fateful workshop, Amanda and I have developed a relationship, and she's been the kick in the ass I've needed a few times. She's most recently run a workshop uh, in November of last year called Step Up, Speak Up, and it was based on developing and nurturing your voice, speaking your truth, no matter what your truth is. Um, She and, and the sisterhood that we've developed during those weeks together really helped me focus my thoughts and direct some energy into making sure that what I want to share with the world is shared. Uh, She encouraged, in fact, this podcast. I've had a voice that I sometimes use for good, sometimes to cause chaos and occasionally for pure evil and self-entertainment. And now it's time to use it for good always. For a long time, I've been called lippy and bossy and rude and unexpected things come out of my mouth. I can't take credit for the moniker, Tracy says things. I've been introduced as that to many a person coming to our maternal health sessions as, eh, this is Tracy, she says things. (laughs) When I drop a truth bomb or give some real direct feedback, it's often followed by a, yep, she just said that. But Amanda and the eight women in this workshop, the speak up, stand up, it's really helped push me into this really uncomfortable growth space and made this all happen. I very recently did a coaching session with Amanda and we did this visualization exercise. I imagined it was summertime and I'm sitting on a lush green soft grass. I lay back and I look up at the sky And then a young me comes over and sits beside me. Amanda asked how old she was, and I kind of didn't think. I just said, 21. Amanda says that she could sense that young Tracy was, quote, a little weirded out by this whole scene. And she actually says out loud, what the fuck is this? End quote. (laughs) I tell Tracy that it's an exercise for us to connect and, you know, I, uh, just for us to connect again, you know, because so, I hadn't felt like myself. I hadn't felt like young Tracy in forever. So we're laying in the grass and it's really quiet out there. And Amanda asks me, what does young Tracy want to say? And I thought about it for a second and I thought about it and I said, I don't really want to hear what young Tracy has to say. I want to tell her something. I said, young me is pretty optimistic. She usually sees things as being awesome. She has a good time. She knows where to find some fun. Old me knows that she's going to lose that sense of optimism and she's going to lose it real soon. And how do I know this? Well, she's me, been there, done that. So I look into young Tracy's eyes and I tell her, no matter what, no matter what happens, hang on to that optimism. Hang on to that feeling of goodness. Just hang on to it for as long as you can. I open my eyes and Amanda's looking at me through the monitor 
in our conversation. And she exclaims, holy fucking shit. Like, I just got full body chills as you said that. So (laughs) the lesson there, keep my optimism and positivity. That's the key. Super easy, right? But why a 21-year-old? Well, I think that that's when the paradigm shifted. I went from carefree and happy-go-lucky, do-as-I-want, single gal, living her best life, eating leftover pizza with her best friends every fucking day, maybe a vegetable once a week, if we're lucky, to focusing on someone else's happiness and caring for someone other than myself. Now, before anybody says anything, caring about someone else's happiness and caring about someone and taking care of them, that's not a terrible thing to do. People do it every day. And hello, I'm a mom. I've got two young kids. Caring about others is a huge fucking part of every day of my life. But when I was 21, turning 22, I started to do it in a really unhealthy way. And people got pushed away. People got cut off. Friends were no longer in my life. I was totally focused 100% on someone else. And when that happened, I wasn't given the chance to grow and explore and develop who I was any longer. I had this title, wife, mother. I wasn't allowed to be a young woman exploring herself. And when I did try and grow and learn and find new interests, I was shamed and mocked for wanting to attempt it. And it ended up developing into a pretty toxic thing that hurt more people than it should have. You know, it's, it's been a really long time since I could say that I was 100% me. And I don't give a sweet flying fuck who doesn't like that. I recognize that I'm shaped by the experiences that I've had, the people I've loved, the people who've loved me. I've grown. I've changed. <laughs> there is a, there's kind of a cool song that says, uh, oh, geez, it just popped in my head, and I really want to sing it. But it says, who can say if I've been changed for the better? But because I knew you... I've been changed for good. Should I have sung that? No, I can't fucking afford the royalties. So after all that, after realizing that I have grown and I have changed and I am getting back to that sweet, fun, optimistic, lust for life 21-year-old, still believing that I have responsibilities and things I have to do, of course. That's part of growth and change. But going back to being myself, it's interesting. Because now, after all that exposition, you know that over the course of however many weeks you're going to choose to listen, I'm going to try to... No, no, I won't. I'm not going to try. I will use my voice that I've recovered to inspire, to entertain, educate, and hopefully you, dear listener, will find at least one nugget of goodness, one 
bit of honesty, one sliver of truth in there for you. I'm aiming to only ask for a small amount of your time, you know, every second week, because let's face it, time is valuable and I don't want to waste yours. So I hope that you spend what should be half hour, maybe an hour every week with me and a catchy theme song, hopefully. (laughs) And we can make the best of all the situations that we're going to face together. Because if you're listening to this right now, you're probably in my village and I'm hopefully in yours too. So (laughs) I have to admit, I'm kind of a huge nerd for a large number of reasons. But one of the biggest is that I love stationery. Cards, notepads, letterhead. I write letters and love notes and cards to people all the time. My Christmas card mailing list was 160 cards. Yeah, 160 handwritten cards. Some of them, if you got one and it only had a couple of lines, I apologize, you were near the end. (laughs) Some of the first... 30 were beautiful, (laughs) long and wordy and full of inspiration and love. The last 30 probably were like, Merry Christmas, love, Tracy. (laughs) But I send more than just Christmas cards. I send birthday cards. I send just how do you do cards. I send all kinds of fun stuff. Um, Sometimes postcards where they are just a sentence or two. But every time... I sign off a letter or a card. I draw a little heart and add my name. A little love, Tracy, to the recipient. Because I believe that if you take the time to send a greeting from the heart, you're sending out positivity and kindness into a sometimes bleak and dark world. Honestly, we're all just trying to stay afloat in our little ponds. And... By sending a card or a letter or this podcast out into the ether, I'm also sending a little bit of love and goodness out to all of you too. Well, everyone, that was episode one. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join me on February 16th as we welcome the first of many special guests to my podcast. Here is a clue about the identity of the mystery guest, glitter, fabulousness, and healthcare. That might have given it away. Anyway, love, Tracy. This was Tracy Says Things, a podcast brought to you by Anchor Media, produced terribly by Tracy. If you would like to volunteer your production skills or offer feedback, contact us at tracysaysthings at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at tracysaysthings.